He was like, fuck you in particular. I'm like, you're welcome. Goodbye. Hello, and welcome to the AfterSpark podcast, an episode-by-episode recap of the Generation 1 Transformers cartoon. I'm Els. And I'm Spex. And today, we're going to be talking about episode number 51, The Girl Who Loved Power Glide. Let's talk about giant robots in love, shall we? Ah, those romantic entanglements. Yes. <laughs> if we could call them that in this case. Well, awkward entanglements. Let's go with that. <laughs> so, today on the Transformers, we open atop a skyscraper, whereby all accounts, it appears that a children's birthday party is happening. To the consternation of two elderly men in, frankly, rather silly party hats. And business suits. Party hats and business suits. Lo and behold, the party is the work of their chairman of the board. Or should we say, chairwoman? Said chairwoman is a young woman named Nostoria, who is in fact an adult. She addresses the crowd of people at her party, starting out with, I know you're all grossed out to be here, but why aren't you having any fun? She really picked the wrong crowd for this. Yep. And then she goes about a mile a minute, talking very quickly and going through the gamut of emotions, ranging from being angry that her guests aren't having any fun, to it's her party and she's going to do what she wants. They were voluntold that they were going to be her guests today. She also literally says, it's my party and I can cry if I want to. (laughs) And you get the impression she's going to, loudly. Yep. But... Right after this, the three Coneheads attack her party immediately. <laughs> um, and she displays the startling talent of screaming with her mouth closed. I think we might have been getting some mental screaming. <laughs> Powerglide spots uh, this attack and reports back to Optimus Prime that the cons are attacking hybrid technologies. Powerglide begins to ask himself what the Decepticons are after and is startled when he sees them kidnapping a girl instead of something useful, like a bunch of scientists. He says, it's Hera time, and dives in to help. Oh, Powerglide. Powerglide, buddy. You've done this to yourself. (laughs) He's opened this can of worms, and now he's gonna have to lie in it. Powerglide saves Astoria by flying over with a rope hanging down for her to grab onto, which she does. And Astoria has some surprisingly good arm strength here in order to hang on to this rope during the turbulence that she's experiencing while Powerglide is flying around. And she somehow manages not to bang into anything. Yup. The bigger thing here is, though, that the Conehead's master plan has been foiled by rope. Rope and a can-do attitude. (laughs) She is pulled into Powerglide's cockpit and freaks out a bit when she sees that there is no freaking pilot, exclaiming that they're gonna crash. Powerglide yells at her for pressing his buttons, um, frankly, the wrong buttons. And the Coneheads compliment his acrobatics as he's taking a nosedive from Astoria's panicked attempts at piloting. And she is confused uh, by the voice that is coming from no one. Asking who and where he is, uh, but Power Glide's a little bit occupied right now and doesn't offer the most compelling answer. <laughs> or really any. <laughs> yeah, any compelling answer. The Coneheads lose sight of the two as they take refuge under an overpass. Power Glide finally transforming into robot mode and introducing himself to Astoria. Astoria is now a huge fan of Power Glide and wants to go flying again. <laughs> 
jumping extremely high into the air to grab onto Power Glide's arm. He then promptly spikes her into the ground, uh, not that she's phased by this at all. I have my pet theories. We have talked <laughs> about this. Power Glide asks who the heck she is. Her full name is Astoria Carlton Ritz, so you know she's rich. Mm-hmm. She was, yeah, the richy rich of the Transformers universe. <laughs> But a girl. She's also, as previously mentioned, chair of the board for hybrid technologies uh, after inheriting the company upon her father's death. She immediately says that she wants to go flying again, of course, and Power Glide responds with, I'll send you flying as he grabs her hand to lead her away. Why are the Autobots, or specifically Power Glide, advocating violence? <laughs> I think he's still a bit peeved over the buttons. <laughs> She touched him in ways he did not ask for, okay? Yeah. Later, Power Glide and Optimus are talking, and we're told that Astoria is apparently not allowed any access to a lot of hybrids, labs, or equipment, and therefore Power Glide questions why the cons wanted her at all. Optimus seems to think that they were going to use her as a hostage, which is seriously a fairly solid theory considering the information they're going off of right now. Yeah. Since I guess Astoria hasn't volunteered any information at this point. Yeah, and it's not like the Coneheads were trying to get something specific from her. They were just trying to kidnap her. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, Astoria is waiting in Sparkplug's New York workshop, which is, I guess, the outer area of the building that they're in? Or something. It's not really clearly explained or shown, really. Yeah, while Spike is repairing a vehicle. Spike says it's a pity he wasn't there earlier because he's always ready to rescue a girl as pretty as Astoria. Oh, Spike. He looks so smarmy while saying this. I'm just like, you have a girlfriend already, Nimrod. Spike, Carly, literally. Like, what, the first episode she's in? Fucking bombed the Decepticon base. Do you really want to find out what she'd do to you for infidelity? Hell, I'd say Ironhide's got a good chance of helping her. Yep. Also, Spike is at most, like, 17 here, and we're pretty sure Astoria is an adult. So this is awkward for everyone involved. Yeah. And I'm like, Spike, stop. Uh-huh. Not that Astoria is paying much attention at all to Spike. Because, you know what? She's in more interested in Powerglide. <laughs> uh, Spike is seemingly less of a Powerglide fan than Astoria because he, uh, she just starts spouting off some of Powerglide's virtues. Such as, he's tall, he can fly, and he's shiny. Because as we all know, women are magpies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> women love a good shiny thing. <laughs> but when the man's shiny, that's just a bonus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Spike gets pouty about this and returns to working on the vehicle that he's been, you know, doing stuff to. Then everything possible goes wrong on this vehicle uh, while he's working on it, resulting in a fire. This is our first hint that there might be something a bit off. Or, well, maybe the second hint that, that something might be a bit off about Astoria. He pushes her out of the way, and then she backs into a frame holding an engine, which looks pretty heavy. <laughs> and the thing falls over. Paraglide then enters the room and comments that her bad luck with tech must be why her company doesn't let her near anything. They have a very low sample size to come to this conclusion. <laughs> a sample size of 
what two? <laughs> yeah. Astoria sounds rather sad when she responds with, Yeah, I guess Machine and I don't get along so well. Powerglide says he can attest to that. God, he is such a freaking prick in this episode. Like, Astoria's actually a really interesting character. Like, we don't have somebody like this already. And I think she deserves to be treated better than this. Yeah. Like, what little backstory we get of her... Like, she's got reasons for being how she is. Yeah. And she could... Having the opportunity for some character growth would just be nice. Yeah, it would be good to see. I would enjoy that. Mm-hmm. So Power Glide has been tasked with bringing Astoria back to the Ark for her safety. But Astoria wants to eat first. And at the Decepticon base, the Coneheads are getting chewed out by Megatron for their failure. We're informed that the Coneheads are apparently the most powerful jets in the galaxy. And Megatron asks how they were beaten by a single Autobot plane. <laughs> Don't say that near shot of Starscream, Megatron. You'll make him jealous. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> At some sort of amusement park, or, or something, is getting some food when she wants to ride the nearby merry-go-round. Powerglide keeps telling her that they need to go, but Astoria wants to go do more things. Honestly, this is probably, like, one of the few times she's actually been out and about with anyone where she can get them to do something. Well, yeah, like, I, it depends on how sheltered she was, which we don't know. Yeah, but she just, considering that she made a bunch of old people who worked at her company go to her birthday party, that's not exactly indicative yeah, of having, like, a lot of friends or something. Yeah, or a social life. Honestly, on reflection, her life seems kind of sad. Yeah, I think there's a reason she, like, latches onto Powerglide, honestly. Yeah. God, she could bully him into doing so much stuff with her. <laughs> <laughs> She's got money to do whatever the fuck she wants, presumably, too. Yeah. But, like, at this point, she's not paying for him to be <laughs> hanging around her. Yeah. Exasperated, Powerglide tries to grab her shoulders, but Astoria freaks out and tells him, not to touch her necklace. Do not touch me or Not touching. <laughs> not touching. One, do not touch me. <laughs> Two, never touch me again. <laughs> she does apologize for freaking out, explaining that her father gave her the necklace before he died. <sighs> we are getting our heartstrings tugged <laughs> just a bit. Well, as much as what G1 Transformers is capable of doing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if this was written by some, well, if this was written now by someone better, you know this would be a heart Oh, yeah, yeah, episode. yeah. <laughs> Powerglide even apologizes, and then they go to leave. Only to be accosted by the Coneheads. Powerglide tells a story to run while he begins fighting the three cons. I feel like Optimus should have ordered more of a guard than just Powerglide. I don't know if his idea was, oh, Powerglide can fly straight there, so therefore it is the quickest method, and the aerial bots were doing something else. I'm not sure if the aerial bots have been built yet. Oh god, you're right. <laughs> this is what I get for us watching ahead. <laughs> but I'm like, the aerial bots exist, no they don't. <laughs> so, so, basically what happened is Optimus is like, I have two people in a paperclip in New York. Um, you're the fastest one, you can fly. Here you go. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. That sounds about right. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. Let me rephrase that. I have, I have two Autobots and Spike here. <laughs> so you're gonna have to do it by yourself, Powerline. And unfortunately, they got sidetracked by the fair. <laughs> oh. Ramjet picks up a whole ass 
Well, I'm assuming it's the merry-go-round that they were just yes, on. Yes, literally. And then chucks it at Paraglide. But Paraglide manages to douse the Mikola and drop it like a circus tent kind of thing on them. It's a very novel approach. I mean, perhaps they'll just get so sticky they can't transform? Really? Because all I can think is douse yourself and repent. (laughs) 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 Oh, God. Please don't kill me with laughter. (laughs) Powerglide. Channeling Sailor Mercury. Several years before Sailor Mercury existed. Powerglide transforms, and the two take to the air, but are unfortunately pursued by the cons. They clip one of Powerglide's wings, forcing him to land. Kudos to Powerglide. He does actually manage to land, even with his wing clipped, instead of crashing. Well, he is a master of the air, so... Well, he has to be something. The only (laughs) something the Autobots have in the air right now. Well, especially... well... (laughs) Unless you count Wheeljack in a jetpack. And side swipe. <laughs> or the or the boys in jetpacks or swoop. Admittedly, oh. swoop with her all day would be very funny. Oh god, they would just Oh god, just imagine her with the dino box. <laughs> She'd be like, We're going to a fair and be like, Me, Grimlock, love fair. What's a fair? <laughs> Either that or she'd come up like Tarzan and Jane, except she's Jane and they're on Dinobot Island. <laughs> That would also be funny. I would enjoy this. That would be funny. So basically, our options are, as you said, um, power glide, wheeljack, sideswipe, or sunstreaker or in a jetpack, or swoop. Or possibly skyfire if he's not out on, you know, sabbatical. Or yeah, we don't Omega- know where skyfire is. <laughs> or Omega Supreme. <laughs> <laughs> you're just gonna get in the nice big man and you're gonna fly to work and it'll be fine. <laughs> I'm assuming Omega Supreme probably is stationed in Oregon. It's not like they would have a ton of room in the middle of New York City to put him somewhere. Yeah. Same with Skyfire. Yeah. Just imagining her with Omega Supreme. (laughs) Omega Supreme would be so confused. And you're like, what what do I do with this? This thing is just talking to me incessantly. And this, this, he's not one for conversation, you know? And it's also tiny. Yes. Okay, yeah, sorry. Let's get back to business. (laughs) Once Powerglide's back in robot mode, Astoria notices that he is hurt. So she rips part of her party dress and bandages Powerglide's wounded arm, all the while telling him off for being Mr. Mato. She's a little bit confused, but she definitely has the spirit. You have no idea how much I wish that there'd been a scene later of Ratchet uh, commending her for keeping dirt particles out of Powerglide's wounds or something. Yeah, I imagine Ratchet is super pissed about having to clean dirt. And sand. Out of everybody's crevices. <laughs> yeah, just, God, there must be so much. So many rocks, so many pebbles. Oh, yeah. I can't imagine why any of the Transformers would want to be on a planet. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it must feel pretty gross compared to Cybertron, which was mostly metal. Yeah. Just as Powerglide is about to admit that she's not so bad, the Coneheads catch up. Laser fire ensues. Powerglide's knocked it down a ravine and has some rocks dropped on top of him. Oh no! <laughs> the, the giant robot had a few rocks dropped on him. Oh no! <laughs> the Coneheads grab Astoria and make an escape, dumping her into Dirge's cockpit. Powerglide tries to follow on foot, but doesn't make it very far before Wheeljack and Ratchet show up and get him into Ratchet's ambulance mode, which means 
how far did they make it towards Oregon? I guess <laughs> pretty far. Maybe they're in Oregon now. <laughs> or, or Idaho or something. I don't know. I mean, they weren't exactly landed for very long. How fat did Bratchett leave to meet them? <laughs> did, did they send an emergency beacon when the when they got attacked? Who yes. freaking knows? <laughs> there are so many questions. Oh god, maybe god, maybe Wheeljack carried Ratchet with Well, he took the Wheeljack with the rat with the jetpack and was going to meet them. Yeah. Maybe. Back at the Ark, Power Glide's whining about Ratchet needing to go faster. Poor Ratchet, he's so unappreciated. He is. I wish we got more of him, but now he's just the background guy who occasionally gets Painted this iron hide. Yeah, unfortunately, it's not really gonna get better before the end of season two. We know uh, this. Yeah. Powerglide finally has enough after his wing is fixed and leaves, heading to the Teletran room. Teletran 1 informs Powerglide and Optimus that a Sky Spy has detected a suborbital station. This is the first we've heard about this today. <laughs> well, that's because the cons have hardly been in here, really. That's true. Powerglide runs out and takes off intending to rescue Astoria himself without, like, getting any feedback from anyone else. Nope. At the suborbital station, the Constructicons inform Megatron that the energy transductor is complete. Well, that doesn't sound ominous at all, does it? No. I'm sure it doesn't have tentacles. <laughs> God! I think it actually doesn't today, but it's so common with Megatron's devices that... Yeah, good, Brawl, I know. Well, I'm pretty Surprise sure. tentacles. I'm pretty sure there are at least electrodes. Like, yeah. a lot of electrodes. Megatron heads inside to get a top-secret energy formula from Astoria. Soundwave uh, has presumably hit 99.9% .9 done with Astoria, who we can only assume has been talking the entire time since she got here after she asked for a burger and he tells her, Silence! <laughs> Well, I don't think she got anything to eat before they had to <laughs> scram from the from the fair, and I mean, it's been like probably a couple hours. Yeah, I mean, considering how long. Well, I don't know how fast Power Glide is, but what? It's like four or five hours across the United States in a regular jet. It's probably been a while. Yeah, yeah, but but you know, she's just been talking like. Talking and talking and talking and talking, and I cannot think of a bot who would hate that more than Soundwave. Yes, but she probably is also hungry. <laughs> yes. Astoria has weaponized that she doesn't know things and tells Megatron she doesn't even know what he's talking about when he interrogates her. <laughs> We're also fairly certain she was going to call Megatron an asshole, but he uh, cuts her off before she could finish, sadly. Remember, kids, this is a children's show. <laughs> Megatron orders the use of the of a psychoprobe on Astoria. Oh, that's not a scary name at all, is it? No. Astoria is zapped by the psychoprobe, and Soundwave informs Megatron her mind is completely empty. Is that Soundwave's way of calling her vapid? Definitely. Alternate hate. He's desperately trying to get Megatron to get rid of this woman because he's tired of listening to her. <laughs> yeah. Soundwave attempts to fix the machine, but on the next attempt, uh, one of the little suction cup doohickeys connected to Astoria's forehead pops off. This apparently continues to happen until Megatron orders Soundwave and Rumble to hold them on. 
Megatron threatens Astoria with 90,000 volts to the brain if she doesn't tell him what he wants to know. She's not threatened by this at all, um, and really the last two attempts have completely failed, so I can't imagine she's feeling super threatened right now, Megs. Yep. Megatron gets pissed as Astoria continues to be a spoiled brat and flips the switch. Also, I'm not sure what the hell he'd get out of out of her after 90,000 volts to the brain. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, unfortunately for Rumble and Soundwave, they get sapped instead and Astoria just laughs. <laughs> Uh-huh. Megatron then gets so mad that he shoots the machine. Oh, way to be counterproductive, Megatron. But maybe this is Astoria's magic working. <laughs> maybe. Uh, Hook informs Megatron of an approaching Autobot, and the cons leave Astoria alone in the room. She promptly escapes her restraints and heads outside. Seeing Powerglide having difficulty moving through an electromagnetic storm, she spots an antenna that appears to be the source not seeing anything nearby, she can throw at it. She throws her necklace, which, surprise, surprise, had the formula inside all along. I think she apologizes to her father at some point during this. Yeah. And so, yeah, the fact that her formula was inside, the formula was inside, it means she was lying through her teeth to Megatron the entire time. <laughs> the balls on this woman are impressive. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, throwing the necklace works, the storm dissipates, and... Well, it's not so much that the storm dissipates, it's more that everything starts to explode while the storm goes away. <laughs> we got a different sort of storm here now. Paraglide gets to Astoria, asking why she smashed the antenna and if she wanted to get herself killed. She, of course, was just trying to save his sorry butt. And then according to the animation, he pushes her away, and then it has to save her from falling off again. But it's, it's plain as if she fell out of his arms or something, so he didn't do that well. No. Regardless, he catches her and summons a parachute in his hand. Yeah, it's, it's, there's, it's really weird, and there's this animation error where she's, like, missing her torso. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was, like, a parachute tied to, like, a baton. It's basically yeah. the best way I can describe it. Yeah. Though, I mean, this is still better than whichever episode had the guy being carried by his necktie. <laughs> yeah, I was like, he should be dead. Yeah. Um, she chucks the parachute and refuses to go without him, though. She has some loyalty. Yeah. So they go into the station's control room and Powerglide attempts repairs. Realizing that Astoria is juicing the controls, he chucks her out of the room. Oh, he is not kind about this at all, but I mean, now the controls start to work perfectly. But Powerglide didn't want to uh, stop the sky platform from falling. He just wanted to change where it was falling. So he and Astoria escape right after he uh, picks a target. <laughs> <laughs> and what a target it is. And the sky platform falls right on top of the Decepticon face. Immediately after Rumble and Megatron were saying that at least they all made it out with no problems and that the platform and the girl were Powerglide's problems now. Unfortunately, Megatron, you're very wrong. <laughs> So Megatron tells Soundwave to activate the force field, to which Soundwave responds, what force field? The impact manages to damage part of the base, and Megatron has to order a cleanup. Back with the Autobots, Powerglide asks Astoria if he can look her up the next time he's in town. Sparkplug ribs him about being shot down by Cupid. Powerglide then throws a little fit and heads inside the garage for their New York base, and then he opens up his chest plates, revealing a little LED heart. Making a poke sound effect, which is so lonesome. 
unfortunately, Astoria doesn't show up again, which is a pity because she is fun. There's such a lot you could do with her. Plus, imagine her taking out the Decepticon technology with her Jinx ability. And I actually think her and Hardlight as a couple could be cute, too. But I wish he hadn't been such a dick or just tossing her around as much as he did in this. Uh, please tell me you have Vic to fix this. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> but, I mean, I still hold, but I think she would be an interesting Terminator. <laughs> that, um, which leads us to uh, Spex's theory about Astoria. Yes. Basically, Astoria is the end result of a Terminator project, basically. <laughs> so that's where her Jinx ability comes in. <laughs> and also why maybe those 90,000 volts did go through her and she just didn't give a shit. Mm-hmm. Pick and one. Al- and also why she can jump, like, nearly the entirety of Powerlight's height. height. Yeah, that was, that was weird. And basically get manhandled by giant robots and not have, like... Anything broken, anything from getting, you know, dragged around by an arm by a ten-foot-tall robot. Yeah. Yeah. But join us next time for Triple Takeover, where Astrotrain and Blitzwing take over the Decepticons so they get to do whatever the hell they want, which isn't quite what you'd expect it to be. There's way more football than one would expect. (laughs) There's way more a lot of things than anyone would expect. The trains... Oh, Lord of the Trains. <laughs> All right, and I believe you do actually have some Astoria Power Glide fic for me. Well, I have one, and then you have a fanfic recommendation, so let's get into that. Not Astoria, though. She's in very few fic. Yes, yes. She is in very few fic, but another human robot pair. Yes. Okay, so the first fic here is Beautiful Hearts by the Awkward Enthusiast. It's in the G1 cartoon, IDW G1 continuities. Uh, Rated T, it's a romance fic, so not Jen. Uh, Our pairings here are Astoria Carlton Ritz and Powerglide. Characters, Astoria Carlton Ritz, Powerglide, Megatron, Dirge, Thrust, and Ramjet. In summary, Astoria Carlton Ritz was never a woman who thought too much about love. At least, not until Powerglide crash-landed into her life and rescued her from the clutches of yet another insane Decepticon plot. So begins the chronicling of events that lead up to the formation of their odd relationship from unlikely allies to wayward romancers, and the fate that awaited them both once the Cybertronian War finally came to an end. And our character, our theme, Rack, is... Can I make it any more obvious? (laughs) (laughs) And it's a one-shot. And now let's go to Wells. So the pick I picked for today is The Totally Normal Adventures of Joshua, not Marissa's boyfriend, man, screenwriter. <laughs> it is by... Anethi? Anethi. Uh, continuity is IDW. It is rated G. It is Slash. And our pairing is Marissa Fairborn and Thundercracker. Our characters are Marissa Fairborn, Thundercracker, and of course, Buster. A dog. <laughs> In summary. So, Marissa said... Why did you want to... She waved her hand to encompass the whole situation. Thundercracker shrugged, his arms full of puppy. She wouldn't be surprised if the entire reason he installed the mod was to make it easier to pet Buster and play fetch, which probably is rather accurate, really. Yes. I read online that to really understand someone, you should walk a mile in their shoes. But not literally, he said. They were clear about getting your own shoes. So I figured he lifted up a human-sized hollow boot and wiggled it in the air. 
And our character or theme actor for this is, you know, human robot love. <laughs> and it's a one-shot. And in case the summary maybe isn't the clearest, uh, Thundercracker has done a mod to allow him to have a hollow form. I like it. It's really cute, though. It's, it's short. It's very cute. It sounds fun. Alright, so our artist for today's name is Terry. Uh, they are known as Alzheimer on Tumblr? I think that's that's generally how I think about the of the pronunciation. Okay. Um, so, Terry or Alzheimer. Um, they have a lot of dratchet. It's all dratchet today. Mm -hmm. um, they're kind of just general cute, cuddly pictures. They're also very lovingly painted. <laughs> uh, the first is, uh, you know, Drift and Ratchet dancing. Mm -hmm. And then Ratchet being a shit and dropping Drift. Because <laughs> he is a shit. He is a shit. Would you say it's ballroom or tango? Because I mean I that, that no leg thing makes me think tango. <laughs> There's the, I think the cover for a zine they had done, which is very pretty. And then just one where Ratchet is picking Drift up. Um, since Ratchet being very, very sturdy and basically able to lift Drift whenever is kind of a phantom thing with the pairing, so. Well, it makes sense for a medic to be it built does. like a, you know, built like a brick house. <laughs> pretty much. He's a brick house. <laughs> yeah, check them out. Their stuff is cute, and mm -hmm. I do believe they have a zine. I will also link to their zine, which appears to still be available after a cursory cursory uh, click through. But hey, yeah, it's a free PDF of a lovely zine that they worked <laughs> on. All right, and that just about wraps it up for us today. Remember to check us out on Tumblr or Pillowport as AfterSpark-Podcast for any additional information, show notes, or links we may have mentioned. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter at AfterSparkPod, all one word, and various other locations by searching for AfterSpark Podcasts such as AO3, iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube, just to name a few. And feel free to send us questions on Tumblr, YouTube, or AO3. Till next time, I'm Spex. And I'm Els. Toodles!